Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John and that's Ian. Getting over being sick. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, this is September 14th and this is episode number 29, Masterpiece Theater Presents Kaladesh Inventions. Funded by viewers like you. Yes, because on Monday we saw all these special Masterpiece series, Kaladesh Inventions, alongside a bunch of spoilers uh, for Kaladesh that we're going to be talking all about today because we missed a few last week and we're going to talk about more that we like. But first, we're going to turn our eyes to the community for a few quick things. First, remember, your Kaladesh pre-release is September 24th. That's in 10 days, people, from recording. Nine days from hopefully you listening, because I knew you guys listen live. I'm watching you. That's creepy. I have spies everywhere. It's a, it's a condition. Creepy. I swear it's not my fault. It's not my <laughs> doing, all right? Uh, and, and also remember that the release uh, date for Kaladesh is September 30th, which is going to be sweet. Uh, and Ian, some people that we're big fans of, they're doing something about for Kaladesh on Sunday. Yeah, the Loading Ready Run people, again, are have the lovely uh, permission and grace of Watsi to do a pre-pre-release this Sunday. September 18th. Usually I do it on Saturdays, but I'm doing it on Sunday. Uh, I'll be watching, uh, so I'll see you guys in the chat. Yep. Uh, the people who are going to be playing are going to be Graham, Kathleen, uh, Cam, Adam, and the or Adam Savadan. Yep. Who's who's from Lundy Ready Run? And I think it's Adam Staborski is there. So is Blake Rasmussen from uh, Daily MTG, as is uh, Megan and Maria from Magic the Amateuring, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yep. That's it. That's it. So it's going to be all those people playing Kaladesh on Sunday. Uh, it's probably going to be really sweet. It was last time. I mean, so. all these pre-releases have been amazing, and the fact that they're that, that loading right around keeps keep doing them is going to be a huge, huge. I think it's just been probably just positive all the way around. Uh, in before somebody rips an invention. Oh, one of the masterpieces. Oh yeah, definitely. That mm-hmm. the, with. Somebody has to open one in those packs. I don't Someone know. We had, we had Gabby's called shot of Emrakul last time, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, fair. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. So Yeah. And also, uh, before we get into the main topic, which is all about Kaladesh, um, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, there was some... Who are fortunate to not yeah, to fortunate be not to aware know. of it. There was some hubbub um, in the magic social media sphere uh, and Ian, I'll go ahead and let you take it away because you're you're more well spoken on this than I am. Cue the whenever isn't there stuff going on? No, but some <laughs> stuff really did hit the fan uh, in the last couple days. Not going to get too much into it. If you want to go look it up, go for it. Uh, it's easy to find. However, uh, a spoiler was given. Somebody that to someone that apparently wasn't supposed to have it. Community said, "Hey, what what's up with this?" Trick from Watsi made a statement on Reddit saying. They shouldn't have gotten it. The person who got it then went ahead and said, well, they should have stepped away from the keyboard. But that's just my personal take on things. So anyway, things kind of hit the fan. Uh, if you want to go look into it more. But remember, people, we're here to enjoy this game. Uh, don't be a dick. And that's about as close to cursing as we get on this show. But seriously, don't be a dick to each other. Uh, we're all here to enjoy the same game. For the love of God, whatever deity you believe in, or even if you don't believe in any deities, just learn to step away from the keyboard. Cool down if you do get irked and stuff like that because you never know if it might bite you in the butt later. Also, think if you're posting something online, should I really post this? And if you have a brief pause, even the slightest amount of pause, save that. Show it to somebody who you trust to have good you know, judgment on things and say, should I post this? So that way you can't be like, oh, my bad. Oops. Like you can be like, I got eyes on it by someone else and they said it was okay. Just please don't take stuff out on other people. And this has also started spiraling hardcore, hitting other people who had nothing really to do with it. And they're getting dragged into the mud for this. And it's really a bad showing by the community as a whole. And it's really honestly disappointing me um, because we're better than this as people. And we don't need to stoop to these kind of shenanigans that have been ensuing. So I I know, I'm pretty sure none of our listeners have been involved in this, but please do keep an eye out for it. And if you do happen to see anything, try not to get involved just because the blowback could be severe and not for like, not trying to say like, Oh, you're going to get in trouble. Like, no, just to avoid your, to save yourself trouble, pick your spots. 
down about you, John. What do you think? I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, I only have one question. You know, what, what if my name was Richard? Then could I be a dick? You're the worst. I am the worst. Uh, but for real people, follow Wheaton's law. Just don't be a dick. Do do not be. Do not harass people. Do not get be antagonistic towards people. Magic is a is a game first and foremost. It does happen. People do get invested in it. Like Ian and I would not be making this podcast if we didn't think highly of the game of Magic and the people who play it. Um, just make sure that you know you're ki- you're nice to people. You're kind to people. And if someone someone makes you angry, don't you know. Go off the deep end. Just make sure. Just make sure you know, you know who you're talking up to, what you're talking about, and don't don't get too caught up in it. Yeah, it's life's too short, and to really get too absorbed by these things. So just you know, this this kind of general rule applies for life in general. So yeah. Anyways, that's it for the downers. Let's go to the uppers, which is Kaladesh. Kaladesh is sweet. All the art has been fantastic. That sweet cardboard crack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, real quick before we get into some of the cards again, let's do a quick recap of what the mechanics are for Kaladesh so that we are all on the same page, uh, in case you missed last week's episode as well. Uh, the three named mechanics on Kaladesh, not counting the evergreen mechanics, of course, are energy, vehicles, and fabricate. Now, Ian, what is energy? Uh, energy is like that mythical... Uh... <laughs> What's it called? Mechanic E that Mark Rosewater's been trying to get into magic for a while. It's essentially another alternate uh, resource system. Uh, there are cards that will give you this new little energy counter. Um, for instance, there's a land called Aetherhub. It's an uncommon land. It says when Aetherhub enters a battlefield, you get – it has a symbol, which is energy counter. It can tap to add colorless to your mana pool, or you can tap and pay one energy to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Now, other cards will generate this, like, for random things you do, uh, like enter the battlefield effects, lands entering the battlefield trigger this, or things leaving the battlefield trigger it. It's a pretty cool little mechanic, and it stays. It's persistent. It doesn't go away at the end of turn or between phases. But it doesn't refresh at the beginning of turn like your lands do. It's just an extra resource that you'll have. And most of the cards that spend energy make it themselves. Um, and then there's a lot of other cards that will also just make energy. So, and a lot of them that do that can spend energy are sometimes modular too. So it'd be like it generates three, and you can only and you might need to only spend two. Yeah. Although most of them tend to be, you know, Break make in. in, spend in. Yeah. So anyway, that's basic on energy. If you want to look a couple more, there we, we talked about it more in depth last week. And there's plenty of places to read about it on Wizards. So, John, yes. what's, uh, tell me about vehicles. What so, do they do? Uh, vehicles are these things that you, you drive. Uh, they go on roads. Uh, no, uh, vehicles in Magic are artifacts. So this is an artifact, uh, this is an artifact subtype now. Uh, it is notably not a creature subtype. There's <clears throat> only an artifact subtype. Um, so your changelings aren't going to now become vehicles and pilots. They'll just be pilots. Uh, but all vehicles are going to have, they'll say artifact vehicle on the type line. And the weird thing is that they'll have a power and toughness. Now, what happens is that they have a power and toughness because they have this ability called crew, which is some number, and it'll have like crew one, crew two, crew three, um, up to I think to crew five. I think is the biggest we've seen so far. Yeah. Crew and if five. you tap that many, that much power worth of creatures, so if I have crew five and I tap a two power and a three power creature, it's going to be crewed, or more. So you can you can crew multiple more power than necessary if you need to. Uh, this creature becomes there, or this artifact becomes a creature until end of turn. Um, which is a very, very cool little way of trying to get along the concept of vehicles. We talked about a few last week. We're gonna, I think we're going to talk about a few more this week. I think I have at least one or two. Yeah, I think one or two in there. On the, on the list of things to talk about. Uh, and they look really sweet. It's a, it's a different take on vehicles because I knew that whenever I tried to think of, like, what would I design a vehicle to be? It would always involve mana, but that's too close to equipment. So I love the design for vehicles they made. Oh, yeah. It's it's really a cool concept, and the way they've made it work, I think, really, they did a good job with the ones we've seen so far. Really A+. Plus. Uh, Ian, what is the last named mechanic in Kaladesh? It is Fabricate. Now, this is kind of like a, usually it's on a, it's an enter the battlefield effect, and it's like Fabricate X. So we've mostly been seeing Fabricate 1. I think there's a couple that are like Fabricate 2. Yeah, we've seen a few Fabricate 2s. I don't think we've seen uh, anything above that. Yeah, so it reads, the reminder text for this reads, when this creature enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on it or create a one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. 
where X will be the number of fabricates. So if it's a fabricate two, you get two plus one plus one counters or two colorless servos. You can't split your fabricate cost. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I was listening to Tap Tap Concede, and uh, Graham Stark of Letting Run was asking, you know, could I get a counter and a servo? No, you either get all servos or all counters. Yeah, because the the one that we see that we saw this has it's called Weapon Craft Weapon Craft Enthusiasts Two in a Black O One Creature Aetherborn Artificer. Well, that was from today. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it has Fabricate Two, and it says when this creature enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on it, or create two one one servos. So we have example of a card that says put counters or create tokens it doesn't yeah. say and or which is weird on this creature because it's an 01 so you're either making a three mana two three or two one ones and an 01 and i'm not sure which one is if that's good or not i there are some cards that look at how many creatures you have it's true it is true. <laughs> we'll see anyways fabricate is looks to be mainly a limited only mechanic it's because energy and vehicles look like they're taking up a bunch of the complexity oh wait no, i got i got it i got it what? You curve Weaponcraft Enthusiast, Fabricate 2, and then play Aetherborn Marauder, which is the 3 and a black 2-2 two, two flying lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, move any number of plus 1, plus 1 counters from other permanents onto it. Right. So you curve it and make it a 4-4 four, four flying lifelinker. Boom. We, we broke it, kids. Woo, we did it. All right, go home. We don't need this podcast anymore. <laughs> Anyways, um, real quick, before we talk about the Kaladesh cards first we're going to talk about the kaladesh inventions because on monday mark rosewater announced that every set going forward every main standard release set is going to have what's called the masterpiece the- masterpiece series what we mentioned uh, in the title you said theater i almost said theater um avoid the theater kids no i'm joking um theater's great that's a joke for maybe like two of you who listen to this podcast uh if you if you get the joke let me know on twitter um but the Masterpiece series is going to be for each set, and it's going to be a, a con- collection of about roughly 50 cards. It'll, it'll hover around there. For example, Kaladesh Block has 54 cards, which are going to be printed basically as expeditions. So in Zendikar, we had the expeditions, which were all lands. In Kaladesh, we have all these inventions that are going to be that are going to be present. Um, and these are going to be these are all these are all artifacts, and they'll all be able to be found outside of the set. Yeah. Um, in regular printings or something like that. Uh, but they might also have cards that are in the set be part of the, the Masterpiece series. Now remember, they are quote-unquote full art. <laughs> well, they have to have room for the text box, let's be real. Right, I say full art in that they use the see-through... Yeah, the see-through text Translucent. Box. Yeah, that's the one. Translucent. The one yes. that has like kind of slightly opaque-ish background. Yes, the but opacity is turned down. We get some pretty spicy cards in this. Uh, today I was listening to the Magic Show's uh, quickie on the um, the inventions. And he, Evan Irwin, if, if, there's not many people who are more hyped for Magic than Evan Irwin are. I think the list of those people starts with Mark Rosewater and probably a few other people in there. Uh, Which is close. But man, okay, so A, they all have a special frame treatment. So they're all super brassy and bronzy and filigreed like Kaladesh is. And, and all 3D, of the cards are themed to Kaladesh. They're 3D printed-ish, which is great. Now, so... What this is, the whole point of, in the story of Kaladesh, like we mentioned, there's this inventor's fair going on. There's a card named it, their land. But these are the things being presented at the fair. Oh, yeah. And that's where it comes in. And there was a really cool, um, I can't remember what the card was. I saw it the other day, and I tweeted about it. But <clears throat> there was a card from way back in, like, the brown border days, like, in, I want to say, like, uh... I don't know, like really old, can't think of the set's names. I mean, there's Homelands, there's Fallen Empires. Around, around the Fallen Empires kind of era and stuff like that. That was like related with Urza and it was like some defender type golem thing. And then there was one, a reprint of it, functionally reprinted like years later in like Mirrodin or something like that. And it was like talking about how um, Artificer's dream of other world's creations so everyone's like, how do we get stuff like Sword of Light and Shadow, Sword of Fire and Ice, Sword of Feast and Famine, Steel Overseer, Soul Ring on Kaladesh? And it was a really cool little tie-in that's already been established years ago of, hey, maybe these people are so in tune with like mechanical stuff that they dream of stuff from other planes and stuff leaks through the Aether because there's so much stuff like Aether around there and the Blind Eternities and kind of mystical stuff like that. So I think 
it's really cool the way they tied it in. Uh, another thing, I think you might be thinking of the flavor text of Ornithopter, where every civilization always makes an Ornithopter. Oh, well, yeah, that's one too. There was another <laughs> one. Well, no, it wasn't just Ornithopter. There was I'm sure one there's too. others. I, d- I don't know the card you're talking about either. You'll need to send us a tweet I'll, and find I'll it. Find again. it. Yeah, I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, Ian already talked about a few of the masterpieces, and there are a total of uh, 30, is the number I recall, uh, for this set. Yep, there's 30 for this set. Uh, there are the five Gear Hulks. Uh, we're going to talk about the Red Gear Hulk a little bit later, but that's uh, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, Combustible Gear Hulk, Noxious Gear Hulk, Torrential Gear Hulk, and Verdura's Gear Hulk. And then all the other cards are not found in, Kal- in the Kaladesh set proper. And they are. <laughs> Hangerback Walker, Champion's Helm, Aether Vial, Mana Crypt, Gauntlet of Power, Sorry, Crucible buddy. of Worlds, Cloudstone Curiel, Chrome Mox, Chromatic Lantern, Mind's Eye, Mana Vault, Lotus Petal, Lightning Grease, Scroll Rack, Rings of Bright Hearth, Painter Servant, Mox Opal, Static Orb, Psalm Simulacrum, Soul Ring, Sculpting Steel, Light, Sword of Light and Shadow, Sword of Fire and Ice, Sword of Feast of Famine, and Steel Overseer. <sighs> okay. That was take easy. Take your time next time, buddy. What? So take your time, man. <laughs> Fair. But I mean, most of these cards are really sweet. Um, we did just get a printing of Mana Crypt. Um, which is going to be another very kind of sought-after card. Uh, by the way, did you know this is the first foil printing of Mana Vault? I did see that. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting. There's also commander staples like Lightning Grease and Chromatic Lantern. You got powerhouse cards like Crucible of Worlds. You know, Mana Crypt, the Moxen, uh, with but or Chrome Mox and Mox Opal, um, and just a bunch of really sweet cards that I'm excited to see if I get lucky enough to open. Oh yeah. Oh, got it. Yochin Soldier. Soldier. Ah, okay. It's three one four from I want to say I don't know. It's one that has the anvil. I forget that's here. So oh, that's um, antiquities. Yeah, antiquities. So it's a three mana one four attacking does not cause Yoshin shoulder to tap. So basically, it's got vigilance. vigilance. So it's a three one four vigilant, and the one from I think it's Mirrodin. Yeah, it's just a sword, OG Mirrodin. So the the flavor text on it reads. Poets dream the verses of otherworldly stories. Artificers dream the blueprints of other planar artifacts. Yeah. There you go. There we go. And also, I'm sure there's some sort of... I'm sure creative is never going to explain if there's any sort of, like... Not collusion, but kind of, like, direction that all that all civilizations kind of tend towards. Uh, but I think Ornithopter... With the, the Ornithopter flavor text tends to take that cake. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But no, there's there's some amazing, like, the art on this. Oh, the art's it's, amazing. It's the best, like, people are saying, like, this is literally the best art that has ever been created for Magic, and I don't disagree. I mean, Vulcan Baga knocked it out of the park with the Soul Ring and the Mana Crypt. Just like, home run. And, and apparently... Can we, talk about, can we talk about Chris Ron for a second? Oh, man, Chris Ron's... Traditional paintings. Oh. Oil paintings of a Mox Opal. So if you see the Mox Opal... That was traditionally painted with oil paints. I believe the Crucible of Worlds would have been too, because that's also one of his. It is. Yeah. Uh, Mox Opal is for sale on eBay as of right now. What's the What's the auction at? No idea what the auction's at right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we noted is um, friend of the show, uh, Vorthos Mike. Um, he tweeted earlier that the Aether Vial original art got sold to a private collector. Already. Already. Um, and Wedge was replying from Mana Source, and he said, I, "I'm going to get 7K." And and uh, Mike was like, "It's way more than that, buddy." Like, let's put it this way. All right, so I just looked up the Mox Opal right now on eBay as of 6:51 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. Is it $8,500? Yeah, makes sense. It has two day, two days, 19 hours left on it, and it's going to go for a lot more. Yeah, but. Uh, the art's amazing. It's going to be a cooler way. And remember, these are going to be replacing a common. No, no, no. Well, I know. It, it it shows up as often as a foil mythic, and foils always replace commons. So it does well, technically replace a common. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. In your pack, it will replace a common. Yeah. So you're not going to like get chipped out of a rare or uncommon because of it. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at with that. So the people are looking at fronting the sword of fire, and I said, like, how do you grip it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I just need a copy of it for my uh, Highlander deck. I mean, sure. Volkenbaga also knocked that one out of the park. Oh, and another cool thing, too, is if you look at the Steel Overseer one, because it was done by Adam Paquette, you can actually see in the background the Hangerback Walker. Which was also done by Adam Paquette. That he did. Um, Sad to see Hangerback rotating out of standard just as we get this lovely little bugger in. But Look, we haven't seen the whole set. He could be back. See you in modern, buddy. (laughs) See you in modern. I think he's played a little bit in Affinity. Sure, sure. Somebody plays him somewhere. Sure. I play him in Commander, you know. Oh, well, there you go. Good Trick cards action. are good no matter what the format. 
trick out your EDH deck, kids. Yeah. Uh, and also, these are going to be worth like gajillion, a gajillion dollars. Just, yeah, also, it's just science. Oh, yeah. For the people who own cubes, too. Yeah, it's just science. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and talk about real Kaladesh cards that are that are going to be in standard, and not these really, really sweet ones. Um, and let's talk about a card that has a block of flavor text that gives me flashbacks of a better Massacre Worm. Let's talk about the Demon of Dark Schemes. Ooh, buddy. Uh, three black, black, black. Yes, that is triple black mana in its mana costs. So six mm-hmm. mana total for a 5-5 five, five Mythic Demon. He is flying. All right. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, other creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. There's the hey, you guys. So just infest everything, except this guy. This guy still lives. Um, when another creature dies, you get an energy, which is nice. So you kill three creatures, you get three energy. Why does he make energy? Well, for two and a black and pay four energy, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control tapped. So it's a demon that can kill a bunch of things and then reanimate them. That's silly. Yeah. Um, now remember, Massacre Worm originally said creatures your opponent control. So that was a one-sided. Yeah, a one-sided. This 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 hits everything. Yeah. But him. Um, but it's still pretty good. Yep. Demon of Dark Schemes is sweet. Uh, I think LC was talking about this on the uh, on the world's coverage. He said, "No, this is probably going to be the standard play." I don't doubt that. I mean, it depends on how standard of, plays out. Well, it depends on what kind of control decks we're looking at too. Yeah. Like remember. This doesn't kill Ishkanah spiders. No, it does. They're one twos. Are they one twos? Oh, yeah, it does. But it doesn't, it kill, it doesn't kill Ishkanah herself. Mm-hmm. So right, I, f- I forgot. I always just was like oh, those damn things. Yeah, the the spiders can the spiders are annoying for for anything that wants to be aggressive. Cough, cough, bant. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, also, also the right. reach is just absurd on those. Anyways, hence why I said R. <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead and talk about another uh, mythic rare. Uh, Ian, do you want to tell us about Metallurgic Summonings? Metallurgic Summonings. This was uh, unveiled during the closing ceremonies at the uh, at the PAX panel, or the PAX overall closing ceremonies, I should say, for Ma- Magic. Uh, it's three blue-blue for enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create an XX colorless, artif- or colorless construct artifact creature token where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Uh, it's an enchantment, I should or say two, so it's that's how it's going to be out there. So, and you also get three blue blue. So again, it's casting cost, and then you exile it. Return all instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you control six more artifacts. Also, so, this is a mythic. It's a mythic. Yeah, it's there's got to be some way to break this. Uh, the only format that I'm excited to play this in is is commander. Personally, like it's really powerful, but. Like on turn five in a control deck in standard, I don't just don't know if I want to just be doing this. Sure, it turns all my like cancels into three threes, but yeah, that's true. Well, the thing is, another thing too is it's it's slow. We don't know how the new standard is going to be, but my it's guess slow. is it's gonna yeah, it's slow. But also, I was thinking like maybe modern because there's that, but no, there's modern is just way too quick and way too non-interactive these days for a card no. like this. So yeah, this is probably going to see EDH play, but it's still. I it's think a it's sweet a really, card. It's a really cool design space. It is a really sweet card. It does everything that a control deck wants. Um, it even gets back your instant sorceries after you've cast them, which is absurd. Like it could literally just be like a draw eight. Yeah. Which would be silly. Like in the late game when you've got like ten mana, you'd be like tap five, get these back, bolt, bolt, bolt. Yeah. So now let's talk about the, the cards that probably have some of the best, like the best two card story. Oh uh, yeah. Between them, uh, and these cards are live fast. And Die Young. These are two separate cards. Uh, Live Fast was spoiled by uh, Maria of Magic the Amateuring at PAX, and Dar- Die Young was spoiled by the Professor at PAX. So let's go ahead and take them in order. Uh, Live Fast is two and a black for a common sorcery. Uh, you draw two cards, lose two life, and get two energy. Perfectly fine sorcery, even for limited. I'll Perfect, that. Perfectly fine card for limited. It makes energy, draws you cards. You lose life, but in black, you don't care. I think this card might see constructed play because we're losing Read the Bones. So it's possible that this is just going to be like a solid card. And you don't need to worry about mana. Um, well, it also depends on if your deck wants energy, like with this over something like. I uh, think you'd still play this if you didn't, even if you didn't use energy. I'm talking about painful truths, though. Oh, painful truths, yeah. No, painful truths is different, though. Well, but I'm saying it depends on if you're your three colors. True, true, true. If you're just two colors, like you might just want live yeah. fast. And uh, what does Die Young do? So Die Young's one in a black sorcery choose target creature so you cho- you target a creature then you get two energy counters you may then pay any amount of energy 
so remember I was saying like you can store stuff up for later off of other cards and stuff like that. So like live fast gives you two. So if you play live fast and then die young, you'll have four. So the creature you targeted gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each energy paid this way. So it's a decently scalable, depending on the energy you have, uh, just targeted removal for one in a black. And also the flavor is, it shows an etherborn kind of going through life. Like, Live Fast has the flavor text. When you have the chance, take it. Laugh, sing, dance, don't allow the night to end. And then Dai Young says, uh, when the time comes, let go. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah, and it's the, from the look of it, it's the same etherborn, too. Yeah, and in both in both arts, they're holding a flower. And the Dai Young art, the flower is wilting. And the etherborn is kind of dissipating away. It's really yeah. sad. I think they're they're just nailing the flavor in this set too. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of now, to be said about the Indian based kind of setting, we'll leave that to other people to talk yeah. about. We, we we have no. In terms of, have, we have no room to talk about that kind of stuff because we don't have nearly the depth of knowledge to even comment on it reliably. But as far as like the kind of flavor you get off of this, where it's like one half of another like storyline just in two cards alone stand alone from the whole set main story it's really cool i love it oh yeah so now let's talk about probably i wouldn't be i would be surprised if this didn't get cutest card in the set i think so well i mean it's got the gremlins to fight it's true but i mean it's a we're talking about filigree <laughs> familiar it, it's a three mana artifact creature fox it's an uncommon it's a two two when there's a battlefield you gain two life and when it dies you draw a card yeah, this is probably going to surpass um, Pilgrim's Eye, depending on if the decks need mana fixing hardcore uh, for the merge decks, just because you gain two life incidentally. It's a three mana artifact, which is the same. It's basically artifact creature, same conditions as the uh, Pilgrim's Eye. Pilgrim's Eye. However, it doesn't have flying, which kind of can chip in. I got chipped in for damage a couple times with that thing before they cast an emerge creature off it. But it reduces the casting cost the same. And it replaces itself when it dies. So yep. you merge, draw cards. So I was actually talking to some people today, like maybe if there's an emer- like this gets into emerge, you put it with Wretched Griff, and you're drawing two cards off of it. I mean, that's a limited trick with um, Wretched Griff and Exultant Cultist. I don't even know want to know what happens in standard when you put these two together. <laughs> or you can put it with Distended Mindbender. So you're getting two, rid of two of their cards, and you're drawing a card yourself. And or- putting a five-five on the board in that case. Jeez. Or flashing out Elder Deep Fiend, tapping four things down and drawing a card. Oh, yeah. Oh, like the, yeah. And that's not counting the fact you already gained two life. So if they already got something out quick, you can just be like, boop, gain exactly. two life. Now, card, card seems pretty good. It's probably going to be everywhere, but we, we haven't. We still see, don't I have all the info. It's going to see standard play. Yeah, it is. Uh, next, let's talk about a card that is probably one of the funniest lines of – or the funniest rules text boxes I've ever read. Uh, Ian – can you tell us about Aetherflux Reservoir? <laughs> this card is ridiculous. So it's a four-mana artifact. It's a rare. Uh, and it says, whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. Now, that scales, remember. So say you cast three spells a turn. Your first one gains you one. The second one gains you two. The third one gains you three. So you gain six life. It then says, has another chunk of text, pay 50 life. 50. Five, five zero. <laughs> Aetherflux Reservoir deals... 50 damage, it's 5-0, 50 damage to target creature or player. I'm so glad they gave you the option of hitting a creature. It's just it's just hilarious. It's like, <laughs> oh, that guy? Overkill. Um, yeah, it's it's the totally, the, uh, the, the, the old meme from the late 90s, early 2000s, oh, I'm a fire in my laser. He's charging it, this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I actually got asked if this goes in Storm. The answer is no. It's a four mana do nothing. Don't play this in, don't play this in Storm. It could this be modern is, playable. Don't play the storm. This is a ridiculous um, EDH style card that yes, you better just be hoping you have incidental life gain as it is like Aloro decks. Yeah, Aloro. The, the the combo that I want to pull off is I want to put this in my Sidri deck because Sidri can animate non-creature artifacts and then give them lifelink and death touch. So if I get to fifty life and I have Etherflux Reservoir, make it into a creature, lifelink and death touch, orbital laser everything. Because it's dealing damage and you gain 50 life, and it's silly. Anyways. You. It is It is disgusting. I agree. You. It's a funny little card. It's not good, but hey. But remember, you need, you need 51 life for that to work, though. True. You, you don't want to die to your own. Because Oh, yeah, that's, that is something they confirmed. 
remember, you're paying 50 life. So you are, if you are at 50, or even if you're at 53 and you go pay 50 life, and then you put the trigger and you put the targeted trigger on the stack, someone just go lightning bolt. Yeah. I mean, it's going to resolve. Like, the next trigger is going to resolve and can kill somebody, but they can just kill you right out from under it, too. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about another sweet card. Uh, in this case, it is the Inventor's Fair. We mentioned that the fair is a thing going on on Kaladesh, and they even made a card for it. It's a legendary land. It's a rare. It is the first of these story spotlight cards, which is a new thing with Kaladesh, so they're highlighting which cards have the story. Uh, the beginning of your upkeep, if, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain one life. That's nothing. That's not bad. You can tap to add colors to your mana pool, as all lands tend to add mana to your mana pool. Um, for four mana, uh, and tap and sacrifice it, you can tutor for an artifact and put it into your hand. But you People can only saw, do that if you have three or more artifacts. People saw this and it's like, this was one of the first ones that got leaked ish, and we're like, cough, metalcraft, cough, but not quite. Um, I mean, it, it, it is literally metalcraft. Um, but Mark Rosewater, he's, he's answered a few asks on this before, like in Shadows of Innistrad, we had Tireless Tracker, and why doesn't Tireless Tracker have Landfall? Or if you look at the uh, Architect of the Untamed in green, um, it's like, why doesn't this have Landfall? Because whenever a land enters the battlefield, you get an energy. Um, and it's because they don't want to increase the vocabulary too much with each set, because otherwise magic then just kind of snowballs out of control. Yeah, they, they'd rather get wordy than try and be like, have some new player who wasn't around for Metalcraft be like, what's Metalcraft? Yeah, it's it, it's a thing. It's, now, people are kind of scared. It's like, um, this card is totally going to be put into Lantern Control. <laughs> I, I don't care about that deck at all, but anyways. <laughs> I don't like it. Let's put it this way. Um, one of the, ch- I, got, I don't think I call him champion of the deck. He, he did win uh, Grand Prix, uh, OKC last year with it. Yeah, but Zach, Zach Elsick is was tweeting uh, back and forth about with someone, and they're like, "Yeah, just wait till the full spoiler comes out, and I'll talk about how ridiculous uh, the lantern the, deck gets." Yeah, lantern deck has got after this set, and I'm like, "No, I don't want to hear that. It's the last thing I want to hear." If you hate <laughs> fun, play lantern control. If you don't like your <laughs> opponents having fun, play lantern control. Anyways. Um, we also got today, because today's Wednesday when we record this, that's when the new Magic Story gets published. Uh, and today we got the second Storyline Spotlight card, or Story Spotlight card. Yeah, we talked about the Spotlight card a little bit last week, but... Yeah, uh, because we had the Inventor's Fair. And then today we got Captured by the Consulate. Uh, it's a rare. It's three and a white for an aura. It's an enchantment. Uh, you put it on a creature you don't control. Uh, the creature can't attack. Uh, and whenever an opponent casts a spell, if it has a single target, you change the target to Enchanted Creature, if able. Um, it's an interesting card, to be sure. Yeah, it's it's not quite super removal. Basically, it, it you, you lock down, you can put, you can lock down, like, your opponent's best creature. Now, remember, they can block. This isn't pacifism. However, you basically shut off their single, like, non-conditional removal without like until they kill their own creature yeah so they have to use two cards to kill something in terms of using not unconditional removal so it's interesting it's an interesting take on things um i don't know how good it is yet i mean it does kind of get everything out of the way or at least one thing out of the way anyways let's move on to another card that kind of had everybody get all the feels just all of them all at once and that is Cathartic Reunion. Uh, Ian, what does Cathartic Reunion do? Oh, one sec. I had it. There it is. It's one in a red, sorcery. As an additional cost to cast Cathartic Reunion, discard two cards. Draw three cards. Now, this might sound familiar because we just had Tormenting Voice, which is one in a red. Discard, when additional cost to cast it, discard a card, draw two cards. And it's like, so, yeah. What, what's this about? And someone brought it up on Twitter which I think was linked from, like, I want to say it was either Reddit or... Um, I think it was probably Tumblr. Tumblr or something like that. It's... The the art is amazing art done by Howard Lyon. It's Pia embracing Chandra, and the, the uh, flavor text says, the chasm of years and, the, and worlds collapsed under the power of their embrace. And what they said was, the card is taking the despair of the two of them, throwing it away, that's the discard, and then remembering the times when they were three people of Pia, Kira, and Chandra. And that's your draw three. 
Oh. Yeah. It, Stop it making hits, me sad. I know. It's it's some amazingly deep-seated lore just shoved into a card that actually is probably going to see play. <laughs> probably. I hear Dredge likes discarding cards. Dredge players, are like, Dredge players are like, yo, so I could discard two and then draw three, which means three Dredge triggers? Sweet. It seems pretty good. <laughs> how right. you like how you like dredging away three grave guard grave trolls that's a lot of dredge it, it that, that is like almost 20 percent of your dredge right there yep <laughs> or over almost almost 30 percent anyways so let's go ahead and move on let's talk about um one of the legendary creatures that was revealed out in this story and that is ovia pashiri sage life crafter uh she is a single green for a one two human artificer uh legendary creature she's a rare uh for two and a green and tap you can make a one one servo and for four and a green and tap, you make an XX construct where X is the number of creatures you control. This card's silly. It is ridiculous. This card runs out of control really fast. Yeah. Uh, it goes into, I know Riss the Redeemed uh, EDH players are like, yo, what up, girl? Get in my yep. deck. <laughs> uh, Tristani also loves her. Anything that makes tokens in green, and as far as commanders are concerned, is just loves this card. Also, she's absurd and limited. Like, if you were on tap with her enough times, you will win the game. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. She's something you have to kill. And not only that, like, the art's amazing, and she has a story behind her that I haven't read yet, but... Uh, she was mentioned in Chandra's Fire Logic story. She is the old lady that Chandra was doing the delivery for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It all, it all interconnects. Uh, next, let's go ahead and move on, and we're going to talk about a card that... I don't know how many people have noticed this, uh, but the card itself is Metalwork Colossus. You mean all the scale birds. Oh, how many scale birds do we need to show off how big this thing is? It's all an 11 mana 10-10 artifact creature constructed rare. It costs X less, where X is the total CMC of non-creature artifacts you control. And then you can sack two artifacts to put it back into your hand. From your graveyard. Your from hand. your graveyard, I should say. From your graveyard. Um, so if they're killing a 10-10, it's going back anyway. Yeah. Um, this card is silly big and silly hilarious. And I love now that we've had Mirrodin, um, Scars of Mirrodin, and now Kaladesh, where each artifact artifact block, and I'm putting artifact block in quotations because Kaladesh isn't quite the artifact block, but each one of them has had a ex-Colossus because Darksteel had Darksteel Colossus, um, Mirrodin Besieged had Blightsteel Colossus, and now we have the Metalwork Colossus. Yeah, it's a nice little, like, Colossus cycle. And they're all roughly, like, 10, 11 mana, 10, 10-ish big creatures. Uh, I like the I like the, I like the, uh, the showing there. It's yeah, just a little uh, snifty. Now, I don't know if there's going to be an Artifact Matters deck. I mean, there's there, we've seen some Artifact Matters cards. Like, earlier today, there was also the 3 mana 3-2 that makes your Artifacts cost one less. Yeah, that's kind of fun, because that just gives it, you know... Four well, off of its no, casting no. cost. It looks at non-creature artifacts, so it only oh, goes down right. by one. Okay, but ten, so whatever. But anyways, <laughs> even so, you, we have today prophetic prism yep. that was unveiled. New art, by the way, by Noah Bradley, and oh my god, Noah Bradley so is doing an amazing job. Keep so, keep hiring him, wizards. So good, yep. so good. Um, but yeah, that can take two off of it. I like. I don't know. Like it's eh, it's we'll it's interesting. See. Now let's talk about another card. Um, this was more for story reasons than for playability reasons, although it is a good card. The card is Impeccable Timing. And his name is a Johnny Cena. Uh, anyways, Impeccable <laughs> Timing is one of the white for a common instant. It deals three damage to tar- target attacking or blocking creature. And Ian, why did you mention a Johnny? Uh, because he's in the art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not named in the flavor text of it. But, all right, so... The flavor text is great. It says, When Baral constructed his trap for Chandra, he did not account for the arrival of an enormous Leonin wielding a two-headed axe, or twin-headed axe. It's it's a Johnny just jumping in with his blade. And here's the cool thing. If you look really close at the tip of his blade that's on the far left-hand side of the card, you can see blood splurt. Yep. Yeah, a Johnny... Yeah, it's hard to miss a Johnny because he is a big dude or a big cat, big Leonin. Um, but man, if you don't if you don't see him coming or you don't anticipate his arrival, you're 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 sort out of luck. Yeah, and this is a Johnny coming out of nowhere. So I, I'm just dying to know what part of the story where they put the call out to have a Johnny come to Kaladesh. Oh yeah. 
But now, if you remember, Baral is the guy who was trying to hunt down Chandra and her family. The first time. The first time uh, when she had her spark ignite. And and Baral was mentioned in today's story as well. Correct. So yeah. he's still trying to get Chandra because she's still a firebrand and they're bad. They're a bad according, people. According to the console. Speaking of the console, let's talk about our fourth Planeswalker card from the set in Dovin Bon. He is a. He's, he's interesting. He is interesting. Uh, two blue white for a three loyalty Planeswalker Dovin, which we would kind of expect. Mm-hmm. Um, plus one until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three minus zero, and its activated abilities can't be activated. That's a really good effect. <laughs> yeah, seems decent. That, that's his protection, by the way. Yeah, like it's it's better than Jace Telepath Unbound's ability. Yep. It's I don't know if it's better than Liliana Last Hope's ability, but anyways, uh, minus one, you gain two life and draw a card. That's nice. Yep. I mean, that's not terrible. No, he draws you a card, gains you life. It's everything a blue-white blue, blue deck wants. What's his ultimate do? Minus seven. You get an emblem with your opponents can't untap more than two permanents during their untap steps. This one just sitting there going, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. When you have access to seven mana and your opponent has access to, like, two, it's not fun for them. It's it's a card. Um, standard playable? Probably. Know. Maybe. Know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if there's a blue-white X deck that's out there. Um I mean, you could put Dovin and Sahili in the same deck, and then you add Chandra, and then you add Gideon, and the, you know, you have the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees, and and you got Jeskai, and yeah, and you have Jeskai control that everybody hates. The end. Eee. No, um, I don't know. Standard play, he might see play in some other formats. Maybe. I've I mean, considered maybe putting him in Highlander. I'm not sure he's amazing. We'll see. Sahili's better for Highlander for sure, but. Well, when, any any format with power, Sahili's better. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Ian, we I mentioned the the red Gear Hulk by name as combustible Gear Hulk, which apparently we guessed correctly last week. Yeah, I did some internet dredge showing this. I'm like, it's probably going to be called combustible. I'm like, yeah, it's probably combustible. So we mentioned it's probably called combustible Gear Hulk, and it is com- combustible. So, Gearhulk. so Ian, what does what does our red Gear Hulk friend do? So our big red Gear friend has is four red red for a six six. Mythic artifact creature construct. He has first strike, or it has first strike. Sorry, it's a you know giant machine, but has first strike. And it says, when combustible gear Hulk enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. This is a may. So, if the opponent does not, so they say draw three, or no, I don't want you to draw three. If they don't, you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Then Combustible Gear Hulk deals damage to that player equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. I hear taking 15 is rough. Dude, that's savage. Man. So Combustible Gear Hulk is an interesting card. Dude, dude, can you imagine if you had the, uh, what's it called, the one we just talked about, Metalwork Colossus in those top three? Oh, yeah, take 11. Domia for 11. Ha! Um, the format that I'm most excited to play this in is actually Commander, uh, because... Oh, yeah. Uh, I play that. I have a mono red Duretti deck that loves artifacts and loves bringing artifacts back. And if you mill me with Combustible Cure Hulk, I just put artifacts in my bin, which I like, and then I bring them back, and then it's, it's just terrible for you. We'll just put it at that. Yeah, I I don't know what kind of constructive play. It's it's a limited bomb. Oh, easily. Like all all the Gear Hulks are limited bombs. Yeah, if you get them first pick, yeah, do that and then work your deck around it. Yeah. Verdurous Gear Hulk is probably by far the best of the Gear Hulks in terms of limited. Uh, I think the white one's better because it cataclysms. Yeah, I we'll mean, see. no, I just like that the Gear Hulk is just like, look, you're. I'm either gonna put like four more. I'm gonna put a power and toughness out. Like right now, deal, deal with it. Fair, fair, fair. That's like it. It doesn't ask you to do anything crazy. It's just like, look, I'm a big dumb guy. It's got trample, and I'm gonna bash in your face. Yeah. All Thanks right, Ian. That. Here's here's your card. Go to town. Oh my god. Oh, man, this card's so good. So anyway, uh, there was the one that was spoiled during uh, PAX in terms of the pump spell that was larger than life we talked about. It's, it's one in a green sorcery. Target against plus four, plus four, plus four against trample to end the turn. And I was like, all right, maybe that might get an infect. So, you know, I'm, I'm an infect player. I look at cards from a new set that is like, all right, can this go in infect? How does this help me out? And we obviously got the the new uh, fast lands that are going to be getting in there. Um, that's a discussion for a whole other day. Basically, how to rejigger the mana base that's going to be happening for this one. 
to get in there. But we got a pump spell, and it's amazing. So we got Blossoming Defense. It's a green instant. So it's one. It's a green pip. That's it. G instant. Target creature you control gets plus two, plus two, and gains hexproof until end of turn. This card is bananas. To show you kind of how much faith Wizards has in it, they B-A- gave this preview to N-A-N-A-S. to the Masters of Modern podcast. That's how excited they are about this card. Well, maybe not excited, but that's how much faith they have in it. This card gives you basically the bonus of uh, – it just basically says, hey, you like Ranger's Guile? This card better. Literally better. Because Ranger's Guile is green for target creature gets plus one, plus one, and hexproof. This is plus two, plus two hexproof. This gives you the bonus of Vines of the Vastwood without having to pay its kicker cost. Yeah. Smaller pump, but still. Smaller pump, but you get a pump and the hexproof for one green. I'm not sure how often the plus four, plus four from Vines is relevant because I don't play Infect enough. It's not super relevant, but sometimes it's a nice get- gotcha kind of thing. This is just... Silly. It's silly because your opponent can start like trying to, you know, you could be like, your opponent targets your creature, like, all right, pump it, target you with bolt again, blossoming defense. Yeah. And then your opponent is SOL. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you didn't have a way to counter it or additional uh, burn on top of that. Sweet. Plus four, plus four hexproof or plus whatever. Um, people are, I know for me personally, I, um, the weakest pump spell that we had was Groundswell, in my opinion. Because uh, it's just plus two, plus two with the conditional. Like, you have to p- actually hold your fetch lands around it and, you know, okay, do I want to do this now? Okay, I need a whole land, play a land. Now I get the bonus off of it. You're not going to get the additional plus two, plus two, which kind of slows d- you down a little bit from it. But this is just straight up like, look, plus two, plus two hexproof is pretty darn good. People were saying, like, oh, should we cut um, Apostle's Blessing? Apostle's Blessing just gives pseudo unblockable sometimes, which means it gives protection from a color or artifact. So you can swing your creature in past the blockers that they have left up. Um, it won't replace that. Like I said, it'll probably re- it'll probably be a two of um, in the deck, maybe replacing two. Uh, I know my deck currently still has two uh, Groundswell still sitting there. Um, I Some people play with four Become Immense. This might replace one or two of theirs as well. Um, it's going to get tested. It's going to see modern play. It's going to be an infect. It's a great card. I wouldn't play this in any other modern deck aside from Infect. I mean, the card's really solid. It's also amazing and limited. It's just like just the, the bee's knees and limited. So this might even see some standard play. Depends. Yeah, you don't you don't see a whole lot of these kind of creature pumps hit standard. Like this particular brand of creature pump. Like we saw, uh, what's it called? Dramokus Command, giving the counter for a pump kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, counters, counters versus temporary pump is a huge <laughs> difference. But, but anyways. Yeah. So. There's there there is one other card that I know that uh, I definitely want to get to, and we have a few others that we can we can we can pass them up for another day because we we promised a vehicle we haven't talked about one yet, so we're going to talk about one now, and that is Smuggler's Copter. It is a two mana vehicle at rare. It's a three three flyer. Uh, so when you crew it, it's a three three flyer. It has crew one, which is very notable. So you know you you can crew this with almost any creature, and then when it attacks or blocks, you may draw a card, and if you do, discard a card. So it just loots on attacks or blocks. Yeah, so now I've seen... Is Thermo Alchemist? Thermo Alchemist no, has zero. zero power. Okay, zero power. I was just thinking, like, yeah, no, it doesn't have it. That won't work. I was thinking, because, oh man, this and Thermo, if Thermo Alchemist had one power, ugh. That, that's ugh. not going to work. So, so I good, think no, that some sort of white weenie deck or red deck that is going to have Smuggler's Copter and just be was, fantastic. There was a, um, a red-black aggro deck that was showing up towards the end yep. of uh, Standard. This might see something there because it's a 3-3 flyer for 2, which off the bat is great stats. Granted, it doesn't need to be crewed. So you could go like slam insolent neonate, turn 1, swing neonate. Turn 2, swing neonate, play smuggler's copter, pass a turn. Turn 3, tap the neonate, crew the copter, swing for 3. Yeah. Discard a card, madness out. Whatever um, it is that you need to madness out. Yeah. The, right. the card definitely has a lot of potential. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how well it does. So we'll just see how that goes um, with that one, but it's it's definitely seeing like some talk about being played. I yeah, mean, I don't know if it would see modern play. It just Probably, seems it to... may it might like I, I have heard rumblings about some of the some of the vehicles seeing play in modern. Um, also in standard, this plays well with um, always watching. Just saying. Um, Ew. <laughs> I know I'm the worst. Anyways, um, that's so, gross. Let's see. 
We got two more cards that I kind of want to talk about. Uh, one for funny copy. reasons, one for it's a good card. Um, the good card is Angel of Invention. This was spoiled by Magic Mike's after we finished recording. Um, Ian, what last does... Last week's episode. Yeah, last week's episode of, of um, Magic Mike's. Not this week's episode. Uh, but what does uh, Angel of Invention do, Ian? So this is the uh, kind of actually interesting card. Um, people are like... The art on it is really where the thing is. And I'll let you guys, if you want to look into the discussion on that one, look into it yourself. We're not going to touch on that here. Yeah. But it's a uh, three white white. So it's a five CMC. Two one mythic angel. It has flying, lifelink, vigilance, and fabricate two. So at its best, it's a four three flyer. With, with a bunch of keywords. Lifelink. However, it says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Huh. Not... It's not a, creatures you control, so it doesn't but boost itself, but it boosts every other creature you control. It's interesting. Like, when I see Flying Vigilance Lifelink on a creature, I think something defensive, not a 2-1. And definitely not an Anthem on a stick. I know for a fact I'm going to put this in my um, uh, EDH deck, my Mono White Soldiers and Angels deck, because that's just straight good. Yep, making a bunch of dudes turns out, or making a bunch of, you know little uh little one ones that you know you can make two twos or bigger tends to be pretty good yeah and that's the thing like if you if you just say fabricate two and you let it sit there as a two one you're actually making two two twos yeah it's 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 a very weird card it's like it's one of those hard to look at and like be like yes this card is good like when we saw gisella which was a two white white four three flying first strike lifelink we're like yes that card is ridiculous this one's like huh okay yeah I can see where the power is in this one. Like, it has a high power ceiling. The question is, how does the removal match up against it? Because it, it has a high power level, but the power floor is what we really need to figure out on Angel of Invention. It dies to bolt. <laughs> a lot of things die to bolt. I know, but this one does too. It's, it's a five-mana creature that dies to bolt. True. Now, we have time for probably one more card. Now, this is not going to be the most impactful card in Standard, I think. But, but, but we I just had we had to mention it. I just, I just feel like having to mention because I saw this pop up. Um, the card is Sky Whaler's Shot. So, uh, in before Dishonored mentions. Um, so this, was, this was spoiled yesterday um, with, if you had a, you probably saw this if you have your uh, Magic or Wizards account linked to your email. This is one of the ones spoiled yep. in that. It is two and a white for an uncommon instant. Destroy target creature with power three or greater. Scry one. Now, we're not talking about this card because it's going to be a bomb unlimited, which it is. It's going to be an absurd card unlimited. But literally, there's a card like this that was printed in Theros except it's called Vanquish the Foul it costs 6 mana 5 and a white it's a destroyed target creature with power 4 or greater than Scry 1 and it's a sorcery yeah this also is very reminiscent of a card from way back in my playing days like my early playing days of uh, Urza's Destiny block called Radiance Judgment which was a 2 white 2 and a white instant destroy target creature with power 4 or greater but it also had cycling, which was the old ability where you paid its cycling cost of whatever it is. You may pay X, in this case it was two, discard this card from your hand and draw a card. Um, but this one gives you scry, so you actually get some card selection off the top. You're like, mm, okay, yeah, cool. Now, the number one and thing it that kills people... more targets, too, which is great. That is true. Now, the thing that people are going to say is power creep. Especially like comparing Vanquish the Foul to this. This is just strictly better than Vanquish the Foul. So why does Vanquish the Foul exist and now like we have this better card? Um, the reason is probably having to do with limited play because both of these cards are uncommons. Um, now in Theros, you wanted to, they wanted you to build up a big thing. Um, and you'll notice that in Theros there wasn't a lot of instant speed interaction. And also the creatures got really huge really fast. Um, yeah, so they didn't want you to kill your big hero or your big monster too quickly. Yeah, because you got we would have the feels bad of say like you build something that took you like four three four turns like you land that a crow and skyguard turn one which is like the one one flyer with you know heroic on it and you start pumping it up pumping it up and eventually it's like a six six or whatever and you're like yeah, yeah bashing in with it and then someone comes along only turn three and stops you yeah this would like they let you build it up a little bit you had to you know bide your time maybe sport stall them out just enough to get that answer for it and this one there's a lot of big stuff there's a lot of big stuff floating around and you want to just be able to be like pop it right off also with vehicles basically only being active on your on your own turn you want some way of interacting with vehicles and i yes. think that a lot like you'll you'll notice that there's a lot of instant speed removal in this set um like Skyweather Shot, Harnessed Lightning, um, there's the black card, um, 
essence. What's the what's the what's the full name? Um, essence essence extraction. Like all these are instant speed removal trick removal spells. Um, granted, these are all also uncommons, which is where you're going to see this in, a lot of your instant speed removal nowadays, or at least uh, cheap instant speed removal. Yeah, I kind of almost like this a little better than essence extraction in terms of like removal kind of thing because essence extraction only deals three damage and you, to target creature and gain three life this yeah. one like it's unconditional destroy removal well, which is unconditional in the fact that it hits three or greater power but yes i, I know well, what you're I saying mean, i mean i mean like it doesn't like you have to worry about like you know dealing damage to it it's like okay does this meet this qualification yep it's dead yeah as of right now it kills every artifact creature except the common one that was spoiled which was sky skiff which is the two three flyer for two yeah. Um, so how the removal matches up really dictates your limited formats. Um, and a lot of people really like the formats that had high power, which meant they had a lot of, you know, a lot of instant speed interaction and whatnot. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this limited format plays out yeah. um, with the vehicles and with the removal and figuring out, you know, well, what what is the best removal? What is the good? What, what am I? What can I work with here? Um and that's just one of the, the most exciting parts for me personally about about a new set is trying to figure out what's good and limited and kind of find find the secret tech. Oh, yeah, well, it's kind of cool to we're on a little, little topic of power creep. It's it's not going to be in booster packs and it's not going to be in, in stuff you can rip open like that. And you won't rope, you won't see this in a draft, but it's in those supplemental planeswalker decks and it's legal and standard. But there's a card called Terrain Elemental. That is a strictly better bear. Now, bears, for those who don't know, they're the two mana. So two CMC, two twos. Vanilla straight up. They're better bears, which are, you know, like, they'll be a two-two with, you know, upside and stuff like that. This is a one in a green, three-two. That's it. It's yeah. raised the bar on a bear. <laughs> and grizzly bear being one in a green for a two-two, no other abilities. This is just literally a better bear, even though they trade with one another when they fight. But it punches up. It does better. punch up. Punching up is important in, in limited as it tends to be, but you're not going to see terrain it. elemental in limited, so that's not a concern. No, but it's still it's just one of those things to note that like they have started expanding those design spaces. So yeah, um, and my my big point was make sure that everybody knows that you know no no magic card exists in a vacuum. Every card has a context in which it is played. So make sure that you know what context the card is played in to decide whether it's good in said context. Just leave it at that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, so far we've been getting some pretty cool cards. Um, we're starting to see a lot more of the, the spoilers that are coming out be some of like the filler rares, the stuff you'll see, like, you know, like Lost Legacy, uh, the commons and uncommons as well. Commons and commons are going to come come out. The full spoiler hits on Friday, which I'm excited to pour over and see what's out there. Um, then, I know a bunch of our friends are gonna, John, and my friends are going to start, you know, hitting heavy on the brews right now uh, once that comes out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So. I know and we're then, going to be looking at limited for that kind of thing. We'll talk about that kind of actually in a little further up in a future episode in terms of like there's actually a little bit of a mini testing team. Ooh, oh, yeah. So. Um, anyways, um, that's going to do it for us because there's still more Kaladesh spoilers coming out, but we only have so much time. And, you know, Ian and I, we we could talk here. We could literally spend like two hours doing this if we wanted to, but. Um, we'll leave that for the professionals for the set reviews. Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave that to Marshall and, and Luis. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for us here. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, Ian, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Or you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Um, things are finally starting to settle down. I'm going to start streaming again soon. These I've been wanting to dive into a lot of these draft leagues because, oh my god, they look amazing for streaming because... I know people are like, yeah, I just literally knocked out like four drafts in like a five-hour stream, and I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Kenji's been tweeting a lot about how it's like draft leagues have reinvigorated his desire to stream. So that's yeah, that's he, big. he said he streamed like nine hours the past two days. Yeah, for drafting, and it's just like, yes, that's what I need because used to be, you know, drafters like, oh, let me draft. I got one draft in like three hours. Let's do it. Yeah. Now it's like, I can, let's see, can I get two or three in? <laughs> let's find out. So, John, what about you? Where can I find you, man? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. I also have the same Twitch handle. Again, no no streams in the in the foreseeable future as of right now. 
Uh, please remember to leave a review or hit us up on Twitter for your comments about the show. What do you get a better? We did get a nice one from last week, which is really we cool. did. We did, and we appreciate it. And Shout out to Kane's you. Lance for that one. Uh, say it again, real quick. Kane's Lance. There we go. Kane's Lance. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.